service here. We don't like to use the term OBIT. They moved their service here. And so as I look out across your faces, I'm not sure who's visiting and who's not. And so I'm just going to say this. I thank you for being here in the service tonight. I ask of your prayers. I need them as I try and stand and be a blessing to your heart. Matthew chapter 13. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 13. <clears throat> if you would, drop down to verse 24 with me. I want to read about one of, the, one of the parables that we have record of for so many of Christ. How that he would teach a deep, deep lesson. And I'm not going to go a whole lot into the parable as much. Is I want to look at a statement made here that I hope and pray that by God's help that I could get on your heart tonight. Verse 24, Matthew chapter 13. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hast it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with it. Let both grow together until harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. I ask you to bow. God in heaven, you know our heart, you know our need, and Lord, we ask you just as we could open our heart to you, as you could use us as your mouthpiece and not that I would in any way that God help me that I never get self in the way. You know what you've laid upon my heart and God I ask you just to call to the mind the scriptures, verses that I would need, the examples that you would want me to use and Lord most of all that you'd put a guard at my mouth and I'd not say anything out of the way or anything that would even the devil could use. Help us tonight that we could be a blessing to the people that has come this way and God we know that without you that we won't be but we know that with you, and so God, we're begging you to come and to be with us, even in the service, as we try and stand and bring your message. Forgive us for the failures and mistakes and all our many wrongdoings through even just this day, and we give you the thanks and the praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to go back and look in the verse 25. Verse 25. This man has planted his field, and as he's planted his field, there's an incident that happens. And it happens every minute of our day in every one of our lives, lost and saved alike. Notice as it says here, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed among the wheat and went his way. That's what I want to, be, that's what I want to work with just for a few minutes tonight. You know, when you think about the devil, he can promise you all kinds of things. But yet how that many times when we, when we stumble and when we make that step to follow what he has enticed us with, that a lot of times we wonder, where is he? What happened to him? You know, we, we, I, I made a statement last night about friends and how that you know a true friend will stand with you it doesn't matter how hot, it doesn't matter how bad, it doesn't matter how desperate a person may get. A true friend will stand with you and stand by you and help you the best that they can and the best of their abilities. 
But you know, I want to ask us a question. How many times has Satan stood by you? You're shaking your head no, and that's the truth. So many times he comes and he, he causes things to come our way in life. And then the next thing we know, here we are, almost flat of our face because of how that we have failed to his temptation. And he's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere that he's there to try and comfort. But who stands beside us to comfort us? Who stands with us even when we make our mistakes, even whenever that we, we stumble and we stump our toe, whenever that we have fallen and fallen for the things that the devil has offered us, who stands ready to help? I go back to the book of Genesis. Let's go all the way back to there in the beginning. You know, we find here, as you know, I look and I think about even as Adam and Eve, that God had built them a garden all the time and effort. You say, well, he spoke it into place. That's true. But yet, when you look at it, you see how the, the devil comes along and he hasn't promised them anything. He hasn't, well, let me return that. He hasn't done anything for them, but he appeals to Eve and he promises her something. He promises her. He said, you eat of this tree and it'll give you knowledge. It'll give you something that you can be proud of. It's something that will be good for you and God's withholding this from you. You know why God withheld the knowledge of good and evil? He knew we as humans couldn't stand it. We, he knew that we couldn't, we can't control it. He understands good and evil and, you know, and Satan understands good and evil and yet when I look at all this that you find as no doubt Satan tempted Eve he says she took the fruit and she went and she ate her husband that even Adam he would eat and then all of a sudden things have changed. Where's Satan? Where's he at? He's nowhere to be found. The Bible tells us that the voice of God come walking in the garden in the cool of the day and how they would go and hide themselves. You know, how come they hid themselves? Well, they knew they had done wrong. Shame, no doubt, had come upon them because even they was aware of their nakedness and all of that. And you know, and I, again, my question to be asked tonight is where was Satan? And my point I want to drive home is this, and I'll get around to those that are lost in a minute. But you and I that are saved, first of all, what I want to drive home is that how there's so many times we listen to Satan rather than listen to God and God promises us good and God will be with us even through the good and the bad but Satan promises all kinds of lies he promises all kinds of things that he can deliver and whenever the things go wrong he's nowhere in sight yeah. he's gone he's bailed out my way of terming why do we listen to such a character as that why is that something that we have such a hard time with and yet we, we fall for all of his little gimmicks? We fall for all of his little things, that you know, his little baits that he tempts us with. We fall for all these things. And as the Lord, well, let me back up. As Satan tempts us and he, he cannot make us do anything. Now, I want to make that very clear. I've heard a lot of people say, well, the devil made me do it. So wrong. The devil can only tempt us. You read about how that he tempted Christ. He carried him upon the pinnacle of the temple. Well, first of all, let's get it all. Let's do all of it. You know, he's hungry. He said, command these stones to be made bread. How come Satan didn't make them bread? Say, here, eat. 
He carried him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said, Jump off. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms of how that, you know, the Lord, the angels will take care of you. Why didn't he shove him off? You know, if he wanted him to stumble, why didn't he shove him off? He brought him out and showed him all the world and all the kingdoms of the world and the glory and all that that they had to offer. And he said, Bow down before me. Why didn't he knock him down? The point is. When you force somebody to do something, it's no longer a temptation. And that is what Satan does, is he tempts us. And yet we so many times that we say, I can't help it. I can't stop it. I, you know, I'm powerless to do different. Why? Why is it that way? Why do we have that mentality? Why do we have that? You know, I call it the elephant syndrome. <laughs> Let me explain that. You know, I know that it's all, you know, it's different now, but you know I've been to a few circuses through my lifetime, and you've got this big, huge, massive, powerful animal. And when I say powerful and massive, you know I would hate to even know or even try to understand the amount and the ability that these animals can pull and lift and all of that. Just this past weekend, we went to the Pecan Festival over out from Hattiesburg. Actually, it's out from New Augusta, and you know they have the horse and mule pull. I love to watch that. That no doubt as a man as they train these animals and just the sheer power that they have and, and as they load the sled and you know it gets heavier and heavier and they'll get pulling harder and harder and you know my, my point is this I love to watch these things and yet so many times that when I look at it and think about the power that they have but you know when I think about Satan we, we act like that he is just in utmost of control. Now, let me get back to my elephant thing. You know, we look at an elephant and think about how powerful he is, but go and study it. How do they tie that animal up? They put a little rope around his foot, Brother Brad, and they drive a wooden peg in the ground, and that's where he stands. You know why? Because that's what he's been taught. No doubt when he's very small and he's not a big powerful animal, they tie him up like that and he pulls and he pulls and eventually he just gives up. And he has this mentality that, well, why pull on it? I can't get loose. And you cannot change him from that. And that's the reason I say a lot of God's people has an elephant mentality that Satan has told them over and over and they feel like that I have failed so many ways and so many times that, that, that just there's no hope, there's no use, there's no reason to try. And yet God's standing there and how the, through either a message or through His Word or through some encouraging way that God says, I will help you. And yet who do we listen to so many times? Who is the one that we listen to? The liar or the one that tells us the truth? You know, I thought about this man. It said he sowed good seed in his field and yet how did the enemy came and sowed the tares? And now going back and studying this, the tares was something that was useless. It, was, it, it, it had no value at all to it. But the enemy sowed it then he went his way. He left the field behind. But you know, there's been a many a time that, the, that I have fallen for the tares. But I'm going to ask you a question. Who's there to help us get up? Satan? No. But God, many times when we make our mistakes and we make our failures and we fall flat on our face, that God comes along and I'm going to just use a real... Not a crude term, but just a reality term. He'll set us up. He'll wipe our face off. He'll clean us up. He'll stand us up. he say, here, I'll hold your hand and I'll get you back on your feet. And yet so many times, it is because of my fault. It's because of me listening to Satan and letting him you know, just destroy me as far as that goes. 
I go back and think about again, going back even to the book of Genesis and Adam and Eve, that how did God, whenever the Adam and Eve failed, God said, I'm going to give you a way to get out. They had, they had done wrong. But you see, God's still there. Amen. And God's trying to help. Amen. And God's trying to bless. And God's trying even to overcome the wrong that we've done and made it right and make it right. So many times, if we're not careful, that we get this mentality that, well, I've messed up and so there's no use. Listen, there's always a use because God's always there. You know, I want to encourage you tonight. I don't have a clue of any of you or as far as what might be going on in your mind and heart and what might be going on in your life or going on in your family. And as again, I said through the week that Brother Brad hadn't told me a thing, but yet I can listen to God and I know by what I have to deal with on a daily basis and what I hear and see so many others that I know that Satan attacks you just like he does me. Day in and day out. And yet if we're not careful, we'll fall for His little gimmick and then God has to come along and put us back together. We fall for His little offerings and yet as I said, whenever, you know, have you ever had devil, have you ever had the devil whenever that you're, you're crying, your family or something has terribly gone wrong? Has he ever come around and put, your arm, put his arm around you? <laughs> no. Not at all. Matter of fact, he's nowhere to be found. You know, I thought about the children of Israel. And as I've used them extensively this week, I thought about them whenever that they come up to Jordan River and the ten spies come back and said, we can't go. Do you think the devil was there saying, I'm sorry, folks. Y'all got to go back out in that wilderness. Oh my goodness gracious. You know, you've only been out there for about two years. Closest I can get somewhere in the vicinity of two years from the time that they left Egypt till they got to Jordan River the first time. And I can promise you, out in the wilderness was not a pleasant place to be. No doubt it had its hardships and all of that. And yet when I look at this and I think about, was he there to say, I'm sorry that I did this? No. He's never sorry about making people stumble. He's never sorry about hurting people. He's never sorry about trying to, you know, even as God's children, to cause them to stumble and to fall. You know, I, we, have, we have four grandboys. <clears throat> the two older ones are rough. The two little ones haven't got big enough to be rough yet, but they're working on it. <laughs> it won't be long. They'll be rough too. But now this is something that irritates me. I mean, you talking about can make my blood boil. Somebody bullying somebody. You know, <clears throat> I've wrung a chicken's neck because he wanted to peck on everybody. And I didn't wring it just to give him a good cranking. I killed him. You say, oh my gosh, I ain't listening to that preacher. <clears throat> well, the devil got the best of me. <laughs> but I despise, I despise a bully. And I've watched the two older ones and the oldest one, a lot of times, he'd run up behind him and clip him with his feet. And one day I caught him red-handed at, at him. And you know what I did? The human nature of me, I run up behind him and I clipped his feet. And he hit the ground. And you know what he did? Why didn't you do that? I said, I'm just repaying what you're doing. I didn't do that. I said, listen, buddy. Now you may think I'm crazy. You may think I can't see because i got to have these. But I said, I'm not blind, and I know what you just did. I saw what you just did, and I just repaid you for what you did. 
He pushed his old lips out. He stopped, you know, he got all sour and huffy and all of that. And I said, listen, I don't care what you're going to do, but you're going to behave. I'm not putting up with that. You know, how many times Satan come along and he clips our feet out from under? You know, he laughed about it. The younger one, he fell. <laughs> you can't even walk on your own feet. I, whenever he fell, I, I gave him the same words. It's, all, it's never as good coming back, coming back as it is when it leaves. <clears throat> but you know, how many times does Satan clip our feet out from under us? And when we fall, we might look around, and but who's there? God is. Why is He there? Because He loves me and you. Because He cares. Because He wants to be a blessing. And you know, and the further part of it is, is He wants us to listen to Him and we won't be the one that's stumbling and falling. We won't be the one that's going astray. We won't be the one that is Satan, no doubt, has wrecking and ruining people's lives as it is in our day and time. I look and think about Job and how that, you know, Job, he believed God. He served God. He loved God far deeper than I do and far deeper than I understand at this particular point in my life. And yet as I watch this man and how that Satan, he said, you know, God asked, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, yeah, I have from afar. You've got a wall built around him or Bible calls it a hedge. You got this built around him. I can't get into it. I can't touch him. I can't do anything. And you know, so, but I tell you, if you'd let me have him just for a minute, I can promise you what he'd do. And God said, all right, let's see. Now, we all know that God <coughs> knew that Job was not going to fail. But Satan gave it his best shot. You know, I thought about this man losing everything. Monetarily wise. Family wise, he thought, man, I'll just, I'll load his wagon till he hit the wheels, pooch out, and blow out on him. Job kept right on rolling. Why? Because Job's belief in God had never been shaken. Now, I'm sure as you go back, and I, we don't have any, any at all information about the earlier part of Job's life. You know, all we have is Job chapter 1. Whenever that it all starts and how that Satan comes and tempts him. But I will say this. Job had to grow to get to that point. It what it didn't happen overnight. That it, you know, that God didn't just come down and say, Poof, Job, I'm gonna adjust you around and get you all just right, and you you just believe in me. But th that no doubt Job had tested God a million times whenever Satan had tested him, and he found God to be true, and he found Satan to be a liar, and instead of listening to Satan, he just dismissed him and said, I'm gonna listen to God. And we find this man as how that when Satan would do what he did, he was still listening to God. He hadn't bailed out on God. He was still holding true to God. Why? Because there's no doubt in this man's life there have been times that Satan had tempted him and how that he found out that Satan won't stand by you. You know, Satan has a lot of gimmicks. A lot of gimmicks. He makes this world look pretty good. I have some folks once in a while, I'm a little old shop there by my house, and uh, <clears throat> you know, open door and open invitation. And there's been, there's been, there was two men used to come along for a long time. They come, they come, get out of their little car. First time, you know, I thought, oh dear. <laughs> but one day they come, and this man, he was, he was, you know, he was just talking about, oh, 
how wonderful this world is. And I said, sir, can I ask you a dumb question? He looked at me. He said, there are no dumb questions. I said, well, then I'm fixing to ask you a question. And I want an answer. I pointed him out there and I said, you see all the old hedge bushes? What good are they? Well, God has them for a reason. I said, you didn't answer my question. I said, what good are they? You talking about how good this world is? I said, go down the road and you take someone that's been shot and killed. How good is that? Well, God has a reason. I said, no, no, God doesn't have a reason. I said, that's because of Satan. I said, you know why those briars are out there? Brother Eddie scratched his head a minute and said, no, I'm not sure. I said, go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. It says that they brought forth thorns and thistles because of Cain and his disobedience in killing his brother. Those thorns are out there because of sin. He looked at me and he's like, well, I ain't never thought about that. I said, ain't no use to think about it. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, what my point I was driving at him and he was so, oh, how great and wonderful the world is. It's just getting better and better and better. You know, they haven't been around too much lately, Brother Brad. <laughs> they haven't been around too much lately with that story. But you know what? I am going to a place that's going to be better. Amen. And I thanks be unto God, and it's not because of me, and it's not because of who my family was. It's not about church affiliation. It's only about Christ yeah. and Christ alone. Amen. You know why? Because Christ never lies. He tells the absolute, absolute truth. It's not skewed. It's not twisted a little bit. It, it's not underhanded. You know, it's kind of like going to a used car salesman. Well, far as I know, I don't know of any problems with it. And he might be telling the truth. But, you know, <clears throat> then again, he might say, well, you know, tires pull a little bit to the right when you're driving it down the road and all that. But he, he said, if they don't ask, I won't tell. You know, a lot of times when we think about God, we think God is the one that's always trying to hurt us and God's always the one trying to... to uh, mislead us and all that. Listen, God lays it out just as flat and plain. It's right here in black and red and white. And if you care to look at it and read it, it's true. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It's here and He has put it here for our benefit. You ever seen a Satan Bible? I haven't. Why? Why? He, he, he's not mad enough to put it down in writing. That's the problem. You know, I hear a lot of folks make a lot of things. You know, they, they, say, they, they tell a lot of junk. That oldest boy of mine. God love you. I won't do that when I get married. I'm telling you right now. And his mama had a favorite thing. He said, I'm going to write that on the wall and I'm going to prick your finger and sign it in blood. You're going to eat those words. And you know what? He's ate the words. I'll just go ahead and say that for him. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times when we think about God, as I said, He's never lied to us. He's never misled us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And yet, why do we even consider listening to Satan? Why do I even consider that? Knowing no, it. it's not a matter of if. It's not a matter of maybe. It's not a matter of might be or what, however you, you want to put before it. It doesn't matter. He will not and is not going to tell you the truth because He can't. 
He's the very father of lies. And so if he told you the truth, you know what he'd have to say? God loves you. <laughs> and he's not going to say that. But it's the truth. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And if you'll trust Christ, He'll save you. Amen. I mean, that's a, that, what else can He say, Brother Brad? That's, that's the truth. But no, no, what is He telling? Just like He did to Eve. Well, now, let's just kind of, let's look at this a little bit more logically. You know, that this tree here has, it, look at it, isn't it pretty? Look at the fruit on it. Boy, it's good and all that. Yo, not only that, but it, it'll, it'll help you out right here. It'll give you some wisdom. And so many times in our spiritual walk of life. I've always said this. This bottle. <clears throat> I've used this illustration many a time. Let me turn it around a minute or two. 16.9 ounces. 500 milliliters. Do you realize that if you had that bottle underneath a faucet that was putting out a thousand gallons a minute, that bottle will hold no more than 500 milliliters. The rest of it is going to pour out. And it's going to go to waste. Mine in your life is like that bottle right there. It has a limited capacity to hold. And yet so many times we feel like, you know, if I would take this bottle, pour the water out, fill it up with rocks, even if they're clean, even if they're clean, fill it up with rocks, how much do you think you're going to get back in there? A lot of times you go and you go to you know fast food place and you get a drink. I want a large drink. You get that large drink, and you get, you know, and listen, I drink a lot of fluids. Brother Brad's held out on me all week. He's just now got me a bottle of water. <laughs> I'm picking on you. <clears throat> I get home, and I've drank that whole large drink. And you know, oftentimes I thought about how do these, how do these folks give free refills? You want me to tell you how they give free refills? Go get you a large drink and drink all of it and then come home and you can't even give it a 12-ounce Coke back in it because it won't hold anything. All that, all that ice that they've got in there, there's a reason behind why that thing is slammed full to the top. A lot of times in our life, Satan is constantly trying to put something over in our bottle. He's constantly trying to put something in our life because he knows that if he can limit how much water you can put in here, that it's going to run out faster than if it's full. And it's the same way, spiritually speaking, in our life. If we have all these things that the devil puts in our life and he constantly is trying to, and yet we have the opportunity by the help of God and by the mercy of God and by the grace of God, instead of putting them in, we can put them out. Instead of putting him in and let him be in the, you know, the liar and how he takes up room and space, that God helps us to move these things to where that we can have more of him. We can have more of what is truly the truth and not a lie. And yet so many times I wonder, I feel like my bottle probably holds about an ounce and a half or two ounces. And it don't take very long, but I've drained it dry. And then I've then all been out of shape. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Why aren't you helping? Why this? Why that? Why the other? You know, I don't have room for it. I've let the devil fill up my bottle, and I don't have room for it. <coughs> Tonight, I want us to understand. Why not listen to your friend? And what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. That's always had just blown my mind. 
when I start thinking about God, I can fail you miserably. I mean in a spectacular way. And yet I can come to you and say, God, I'm sorry. And you know what he says? I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Now that's hard for me to... That, I'll be quick to tell you, I don't have the ability to make a whole lot of explanation to that other than it's called grace and love. We'll turn to the other side for a minute now. If there's anyone here lost this, this afternoon, bear with me. Listen to me just five minutes. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give everybody else 30 minutes, but give me five minutes, please, of your time. And you know what Satan has just said? Don't listen to him. Why? Because he's lying to you. He makes this world look fine. Listen, I worked for two years down in New Orleans. Excuse the expression, a hellhole of this world. Literally. I watch young men and women, I watch young men come in and just be just just, just out of their mind. Oh, I'm having such a great time. I'm telling you, it, this is a bad, this, this is a fine. And then they come in the next morning, they say, oh, I got a headache. You know, first thing I want to do, the minions hit me, get me a big old ball peen hammer and just say, whoo! And they're like, oh, my head, my head. What are you doing that for? I say, because I want to. <laughs> and you can't stop me. Just beat, just beat and bang around, just slap and stomp around. And I said, you know, you had such a great time, and now what's wrong? I said, you know, I go to church, and I can be thrilled about being in church, and I don't have a hangover from it. You know, I can go to church, and I can be in the presence of God, and I can go home, and it will stay with me a long, long time. And yet so many things that this world has to offer last just a little bit, just a short, just, just a short period of time. Well, sinner, why would you listen to Satan? And why would you let him lie to you? That's my point. He is not your friend. He is your enemy. Why would you want to arm up with an enemy that is going to hurt you? That is going to ruin you? That is going to... He's going to deceive you if you let him. If you let him. Now, it's not about, well, God could have done more for me. No. God's burden in your heart tonight. God's doing what He promised He would do for you. Burden your heart. Show you the love of Christ. Show you, no doubt, what, how that it can make a difference in your life. And that being the absolute truth. And yet Satan is right there. And he's telling you, no, no, no. Why? He's not your friend. I go back to what I read to you here tonight. It said this man, he went and he sowed his fields. You know, when you work in a field and all that, it's not just a piece of cake. It's out in the sun. Many times it's hard work and all that. And yet, you know, the man will be willing to put all that effort and time into it and then along comes his enemy just in a sly, sleek manner and it says he came by night. Why didn't he come in the daytime? Because, no, no. I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing. I don't want anybody to know what, I, what I'm putting out. And you know, and that's the way with Lost Center. That's what he's doing to you. He don't want you to know what he's telling you is going to send your soul to hell. He don't want you to know that. What he wants you to know is, I can have a good time in this world. Oh, I can live it up. I can do all kinds of things. I, you know, this world has so much to offer. Tell me one good thing this world has to offer. Oh, you say, oh, man, i got a world full of them. 
God doubles it by far. You say, well, look at all the pleasures the world has to offer. God's pleasures is not one that leaves you with a hangover. God's pleasure is not one that leaves you maybe even in the ditch or even dead. God's pleasure is uplifting. Amen. You say, well, you can't do this and this and this if you, you know, them old church members, they're the most, they, they like an old stick in the mud. Now that's our fault. Excuse me for being honest. That's our fault. There's no reason to be a stick in the mud. Amen. You know, I sit here and listen to the singing, the specials and all of that. That's not a stick in the mud. That's enjoyable. That, gets, that, 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 that touches my heart. And you know, I see so many that they say, I, I, I ain't got any use for that. We're going to go to a concert down here. And they put on a good show. And you leave, what have you left with? It costs you a lot of money most of the time. Might even have cost you other things. And it's not long, it's gone. The lost sinner, the love of God never quits. You know, I'm pushing 60 years old. I've been saved a long, long time. I often don't, don't go through all the details, but as a young man, 11 years old, I got saved. You say, well, you didn't know no better. I don't regret one second of it. There's been a many a question of life that I'm like, what do I do? What in the world? I mean, I've got my whole life before me. What am I going to do? And God say, do this. You'll enjoy it. But then I've done the machine work for, what, 42 years. I still enjoy it. 42 years. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your y'all's mind. I told you the other night what happened with me and my first wife. But the only two women I dated, I married both of them. I did. Shy, oh my goodness gracious alive. I wouldn't ask a girl out. If she even looked at me, I'd run like a scared rabbit. But the, two, the only two women that I dated, I married both of them. Don't tell me that God doesn't know how to direct and guide and lead and put things in front of you that man can't and take things from out in front of you. I'll go even a step further. And you might call me a liar with this, but that's fine. That's your choice and that's your privilege. I cannot tell you what a beer tastes like. You said, boy, you have lived a sheltered life. God's blessed. It hasn't been me. I've been around it a lot. I've been around it a lot. But, you know, never had a desire. You know, here, ha have a beer. And I'm like, no, no. It, it, it don't fit too well. You know, it, it kind of wants to exclude you out of some crowds. And that's fine. That's really fine. Because you need to be excluded out of those crowds. Because what they're going to do is lead you down to a road that's not going to have a good ending. And yet many a lost sinner that they think that what mom and daddy has done through the years and bringing them to church, I'm sick of church. I am tired of church. I've been in church all my life and I'm done with church. 
Listen, that's the greatest, the greatest opportunity that you've had in your entire lifetime. And it will be the greatest if you'll ever get saved. You will understand why. But you know, the devil's going to tell you, no, no, no. You can't, you can't, you can't. Don't, don't, don't. And all he's doing is lying to you. All he's doing is trying to drag your soul to hell with him. And he knows he's doing it. He knows he doesn't have a chance to change that. I don't have time to go into all the details and all that as far as that goes. But you know, as an angel, a created being of God, he won't ever die, but he rose up before God. What was his problem? He wanted to be like God. You know what? There's only one God. And that is the true God. Amen. Satan is not. He's the God of this world, I understand. But what good is he? What good does he have? You know, he can't make you a promise, he keep it. Not if God doesn't want it to be. You know, I've oftentimes thought about the things that Satan has tried, the gimmicks that he has thrown out. And yet to watch God as he could, I'll use this term, outclass him. That God just like, is that the best you can do? Listen to me, little sinner. Hell's real. Your soul is real. And what you do with Christ really matters. And if you don't accept Christ, and God forbid, but some tragedy come to you in a very sudden manner. You might have all kinds of excuses. Well, i got plenty of time. I'm a young man. I'm a young woman. You know, i got the whole life out ahead of me, preacher. Let me enjoy it a little bit. Let me have a little fun. You know, <clears throat> I have great respect for our military. You want to get my feathers fit, just ruffled up? I'm not ruffled up. You want to get me wet? and get me sour, and make me not your friend, you start down in our military, and I will lay in on you hot and heavy in a heartbeat. My daddy spent six years in World War II. He fought on both sides, in, in Europe, and also even, he, well, he was part of the, the build-up, fixing to go into Japan. I have great respect. Never was not much discussed about it. I have pastored men, you know, that, that they, they gave their life. My point is this. <clears throat> you know, when I look and think about what these men have done, at a moment of time, you know, they lose an arm, lose a leg, or just be blown to pieces. What if that was to you tonight? You say, well, we're not in the war. The little old car out there that my wife and I little old van. I have a very good friend of mine <clears throat> over in Popperville that he runs a record service. I've seen him drag some pretty tore up vehicles. One car accident. Run off in the woods. Killed him instantly. You know, I understand that. It, it, you might disagree with me, but it don't matter. I understand that, and I know that. And I'm not being ugly. I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm just being honest. I understand that, absolutely. It's not something that I can think about. I've been there and I've done that. But law center, if you let the devil deceive you today, what's going to happen tomorrow? You might sit there on that pew and say, well, I'm not worried about it. I, you know, that's the best, that is the best tool that devil can use is I got time. There used to be a song out, and well, it's still out. I mean, it used to be sung a little bit more. It's an old, old song. I've got plenty of time. 
Brother Brad, you see that little baby you, you and your wife hold? My firstborn is, 20, is 38. My baby is 23. I don't know where the time went. I don't know where the time went. I'm going to tell you where it went. It flew by just like it does for everybody. But law center, don't let devil lie to you. Don't let Satan lie to you. He lied to Adam and Eve and robbed them of the greatest thing that they had ever known, and that was the Garden of Eden. And if you let him lie to you, he will take from you the greatest thing that you could ever have, and that is salvation for your soul. Don't let it. Don't listen to it. Listen to God. God says, I love you. Jesus stood, and you know, in my, my way of terming it, the entire Bible summed up in one, one verse. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. It's not a debatable or discussable question. God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, there's no rules, there's no strings, there's, there, there's nothing. Whosoever will, whosoever, will trust Him. will have everlasting life. That seemed like a pretty good deal to me. No, no, no. It's an excellent deal. <laughs> because it never goes away. It never gets older. It never tires out. It's always there. God is faithful. God is always faithful. You and I that are saved, Let's listen to God because God is the only one that's going to tell you the truth. God bless you. Be the simple thought here tonight. You pray for us. We ask for